What's happening with it? This is Slink Johnson, a.k.a. Black Jesus, your Lord and Savior. And you're listening to the Red Rock Podcast Network. How you love that? You are listening to the Red Rock Podcast Network, featuring Pod of Thrones and The Shiznit. When you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die. There is no middle ground. Welcome back to another episode of Pod of Thrones. I am your king, King Dino Red. And as usual, we got with us my right-hand man, Lord Latone Hart. Lord Latone of Sablestone. What is going on? I'm burning kids and everything else. (laughs) And then this week, we have sitting in with us our first time on any of the Red Rock uh, Podcast Network shows. We have Sir Leonard from L Brothers Media. Give it up. Yo, yo, yo. Man, it's good to finally get a chance to, to work with you. We've been um, kind of like acquaintances or associates for some time. We really don't know each other. We've never really had a conversation in person or online or anything. We've just kind of... Right known each other and kind of you know we've hit each other up every now and then on like maybe on the page or a private message but not extensively but uh so it's good to finally get a chance to work with you man no doubt man good to be here man i appreciate the invitation hey glad to have you and uh why don't you go ahead and uh plug your all your shows and everything that you got going on too all right yeah man like he said um l brothers media is the uh the name of the company lbrothersmedia.com uh, at Look Listen Pod, at L Brothers Media on Twitter, and of course the Look and Listen Podcast is the show. And uh, that's pretty much it. All right. Cool. Thanks again for uh, joining um, me and Lord Latone as we go no, to no, talk no. about this madness in Westeros. So, like we always like to start off overall. Overall, what did y'all think of this episode? I was digging it. I was digging it. I think it's probably my, I think last week was probably my favorite of the season. And this one's probably right after that one, maybe even a tie with it. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm. I think, um, but, and I'm going to, I'm going to have to disagree. I think, of course, eight was so good. It was so good that episode nine, I almost turned it off. (laughs) <laughs> what? It, 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 it absolutely bored me to death. Oh I mean, man! Really? I, and hold on, let me just say, Game of Thrones episode nine has always been the best, you know, or even you know, memorable. This I could have missed this episode this season and been fine. No, no, no. I mean, everybody's no. entitled to their opinion, but no, they're not. I've heard other people, <laughs> I've heard other people say that, and I'm like, 
like what's what's boring or underwhelming about a little girl getting burned to death, right? A dragon flaming people up. Yep. Somebody getting their head chopped off. Yep. You know what I mean? Like there was a lot of stuff that happened. I mean, maybe in terms of other episode nines, it's, it's not up to the standard. Maybe we got that last week, but I felt like I enjoyed it. I've enjoyed every episode. So, you know, um, last week was probably more of a typical episode nine type of, of thing. But, um, you know, uh, this one, this one that's wasn't, this one wasn't like, this one wasn't, wasn't bad. I think it was kind of like, you know, maybe a continuation of that in some, you know, in some ways or whatever. But I guess people have such a high standard for number nine that, you know, maybe didn't live up to it or something. I don't know. See, that's why Sir Leonard is on the show, because I agree with everything he just said 100%. Not to mention something extremely significant happened for the first time in any of the shows ever, which was the first time someone has mounted and ridden a dragon. That is huge. That is fucking major. Yeah, it is. Well, if you need people to agree with you, you can go to church. It it felt like an episode six. It didn't feel like it wasn't surprising. Episode nine was surprising. And most episodes, episode eight was surprising. And most episodes nines just kind of like, wow, what the hell? And I just felt like, man, okay. Yeah, the dragon ride was cool, but we'll talk about it later. So let me ask you, man, like, so if, if episode eight wasn't what it was, especially the last, you know, 20 minutes or whatever and we still had this episode of number nine would you feel the same way or is it like you feel that way in comparison I think if, to episode eight I, I think if you if you eliminate episode eight uh-huh. i may have a totally different reaction i, I agree uh-huh. but episode eight uh, last week i think was the best episode since ned got his head cut off so i think it's like up there up there yeah no doubt okay but we know you know anybody who listens to this show knows that dino red is always right so Let's go and get into it. You ready? Yeah, we ready. Let's go. Well, the opening of this episode, I thought it was Minneapolis, where I used to live a few years ago. So much <laughs> snow it looked like a s- summer in Minneapolis. But we're we're at Stannis' camp, and all of a sudden, my girl, Melisandre, she's watching the fire. And I realized that fire is like her Netflix. So she steps outside for a double fire feature, and everything catches on fire. Right, right. Ramsey Bolton and his band of 20 good men uh, wreaking havoc, guerrilla warfare style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said that before, man. Ramsey, mm-hmm. the Northern 20. Right. Guerrilla style. Right. Now, how he managed And nobody to, saw them? N- uh, well, they did see him uh, as they were leaving. <laughs> oh, oh they, saw, they saw him leaving? Yeah, they said they saw him, a, a band of about approximately 20 men uh, leaving camp on horseback. But uh, what I'm wondering is how, how in the world did he set off timed fires in, in back back then in that day and age? You know, didn't have any kind of detonation systems. How did, how did he manage to set all the fires off at approximately the same time? Hmm, that's a good question. Timed explosives. Maybe they went over to to China roast and got some <laughs> black powder and <laughs> set it off. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, and and Stannis is Stannis. He's like, you know, find out who let him in and question the guards. And after you question them, kill all of them. So, right. Stannis being Stannis. That's Stannis. Hard ass. That is Stannis. Stannis is Stannis. 
So the next scene, we go to Jon Snow approaching the wall. Approaching the wall. With, it looks like, what is it, about 1,000, maybe maybe 2,000 wildlings? I don't know. It's kind of hard to tell. I, I, I'm thinking it's a lot more than that, though. The way that when they zoomed out and you saw how the black just kind of, because it was all snowing, and then the black, mm-hmm. which was each person, kind of, there was a, like a huge black spot there. So I'm thinking it. It was more than a thousand. I'm thinking it was several thousand. That, but that's just my my guess. I have no idea. Nothing to base that on. And they still didn't answer the question I wanted to answer. It was did did the giant get on a boat or did he do the backstroke all the way across? You know, the I, water. Like he never got in a boat. I was kind of wondering that. Oh well, maybe I'm just tripping. So did you think Dino that they were gonna open the wall for him? You thought there was a moment of tension there where Alistair Thorne was just looking at him like this mother. Yeah, I think they did that on purpose, and uh, that was a very that was a, a few seconds that scene that that whole little exchange there was just a few seconds, but it was very well done. It was a lot that was accomplished with uh, not a whole lot that was being actually done or said. But a lot happened in that little exchange where basically John was like holding his breath saying, don't make me look bad in front of all these motherfuckers. I just promised that we was going to give them safe passage. You see me standing down here, nigga, open up the goddamn wall, you know, and Alistair's up there. Fuck you, John Snow. You know, I hate your guts. Go ahead and die in this cold, bitch. What you going to do now? You know, Lord Commander, what you going to do now? You can't do shit if I don't let you in. You know, so that's that's basically what was going on without it being said, you know. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's what I got from it. <laughs> I, I, I agree. I agree. I think that was a great scene because I think it showed that Alistair Thorne, even though he doesn't like Jon Snow, even though he doesn't like his decisions, he respects the Night's Watch and the Chain of Command. Yep. Like, he has he has respect for the legacy and the history, and I think him doing that was kind of saying to John, I have respect for our legacy. Look at you letting all these wildlings over. You don't. Right. Right. You know, he was kind of like, like I'm following command. I'm, following, you know, this is what we're supposed to be doing. You're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Right. And I was also thinking the next scene, John let like 2000 wildlings and a giant through the gate after losing about a hundred of his brothers in black, trying to prevent them from crossing less than a year ago. Yeah. Kind of like, like it was kind of all for nothing. <laughs> Just let them across in the first. <laughs> never had this problem. Yeah. Well, uh, a lot can happen in a year. <laughs> now the next scene is the gates open and the night's watch looks worried because they don't feel they have enough toilet paper for the giant one, one he's walking through and they're like, man, we, we got to get him out the castle right they were looking at him like what in the hell and i think that's the first time a lot of them have seen a giant yeah it was everybody hears about giants but everybody wasn't in the tunnel when uh grand died killing that giant trying to come through exactly and i'm still amazed that ollie shut down stephen curry in the finals the other night but he's still on the bridge looking <laughs> at john snow very unhappy ollie's Shitty. still you know he's like i He's still out yeah, there on he, the he, night because he ain't doing nothing tonight yeah, either. <laughs> yeah, he's out there. I mean, you know, Ali's mad at Jon Snow, and he's he's shutting down Steph Curry everywhere he goes. <laughs> you got a good heart, Jon Snow, but it'll get us all killed. I don't yeah, know if I think the wildlings, part. I mean, yeah, I think the wildlings understand, especially after hard home, that, look, the Night's Watch is not their problem. I think they have a new perspective. Like we can't worry about these 
these guys at this castle. There, there's some zombies out there. Right. Exactly. So now Stannis is looking at his his little chessboard map, and I don't like his pieces. What are those little burning hearts or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> they look like the Caitlyn Jenner of chess pieces. I'm I'm not good with that, man. I'll pass on that. And Davos knows something is going on. You notice there's a dynamic between Davos and Stannis, where Davos is Stannis's conscience, because Stannis right. doesn't have one. Right. He doesn't. So whenever Stannis wants to do something messed up, he he sends Davos away. away. Right. Because I think, because yeah. I think he understands Davos is the only one that can talk him some sense into him. And yeah. he don't like that. Right. Yeah, I agree. So when when he was sending Davos away, what did you think, Dino? What did you think was going to happen? Uh, I pretty much knew that that was it for uh, Little Scaleface. You know, I, I yeah. knew her. I knew her time was limited because you know, ever since uh, ever since um, Melisandre mentioned an episode or, or two ago that you know that they needed to sacrifice her, things have gotten gone from bad to worse for Stannis and his army. And, uh, yeah, when I was, when he said that, uh, he came up with that bullshit excuse to, to send, uh, Davos to the wall, back to the wall. I was like, okay, he's getting rid of Davos so he can, uh, go ahead and, and, uh, take Melisandre up on her offer, sacrifice Shireen and and win this battle. Yeah, man. What about you, Leonard? Davos, of course. What what about you, Leonard? What'd you think? Yeah. I mean, you pretty much said it like Davos is his conscious. You know, he is the person that can talk him out of stuff. So he wants to get rid of that when he wants to make a, um, a decision. I was listening to something earlier and um, they were talking about kind of like the dynamic between the two of them. It might have been actually when I was watching the episode again uh, inside the episode joint. And they were talking about how um, basically like, you know, what you guys said about, you know, what Davos's role is. And um you know, so that was a good point that you made about the fact that, you know, once he sent once he sent that dude away, it was a rat for his daughter, man. Um, we'll talk about what happened later or whatever, but I, I thought that was kind of fucked up, even though I understand it. But oh the thing that I was what I was gonna say though was one of those guys that said that on the um the inside the episode joint was kinda like how, you know, one of Stannis' strengths is that he's really you know, he's really set when he decides that he's going to do something. He sticks with it. He's set in his ways. But, yeah. but, that, but that can be good or bad depending on what the choice is. You know right. What I'm saying? And it's probably because of his military background that makes him a great leader as far as the military shit goes. But, you know, in a situation like this where he's so driven to, you know, reach a certain goal, you know, anybody could get it. And it happened to be his daughter this week. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like in the military, they say, if we wanted you to have a family, we would have issued you one. So, <laughs> they say it all the time. Now, Shireen is reading the Targaryen Civil War story, which is a dance of dragons, which kind of split House Targaryen and end up killing most of the dragons when uh, aunt and I believe a nephew vied for the the Iron Throne, and basically all the dragons went into wars, basically like the North versus the South in America. And she's reading the story, kind of like you know, like her father. I'm I'm getting getting excited over war history. And Davos comes to see her, and it's—I'm surprised he didn't kidnap her like he like when he did with the other boy. 
with Gendry. Remember he helped Gendry escape? Right. But I don't think he did that because I don't think he knew exactly what was going on. I think he had a sense. He had a feeling. Yeah, he had a feeling. And I think he knows just be, just be, just by the way how how bad shit's been going, that is a very real possibility that a couple of things could happen. Either because I think he was there when Melisandre was talking about uh, sacrificing um, Shireen. Either he was there or he was just outside the tent. I can't remember yeah, for yeah. sure. Well, so I, I, she wanted to talk to Stannis, and she kind of made him leave. And he don't he don't really fuck with that bitch because she's right. always doing something he don't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he don't approve of all that uh, voodoo she be doing. He he ain't down with that. So I think he either uh, knew about that plan or at least had kind of you know sniffed it out a little bit. So he so that was a possibility, and I think he just also thought that things are so bad there, conditions are so bad, and with them just losing all that food and everything, either something could happen to him and he may not make it back from the wall, or he could make it back and they could be dead. But in either in any in any of those scenarios, he knew it was very. I think he felt like it was a re- very real possibility that either him or her or both of them could never would never see each other again. Yeah, well, he did ask to take her. Remember, he said, "Let let me take her with me." And and Stannis was like, "No, my family stays here." Yeah. So I think he, he definitely had a feeling. He's like, "We having he a barbecue. A she got to be here for the barbecue." <laughs> That's terrible. And I want to I want to give the Onion Knight props cuz I didn't know he had a woodworking class out there in the camp, but you know, he put together, you know, stags and everything like that. So that was pretty good, man. He's got a future. Right. He can at least offer something at Flea Bottom when he gets out of the war. <laughs> and he the don't even have all his fingers. No, exactly. I mean, that's talent. That's that's talent. that's impressive. That's impressive. Yeah, it, is. it really is. It is. <laughs> I can't do that shit with all ten of mine. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no. And now we got the Kingslayer walking around in the Taj Mahal, dressed like Jafar from Aladdin. I was like, "What the hell just happened?" Like, all of a sudden, we're in Dorne, and it, it looks like you know, like I said, it looks like the Taj Mahal, beautiful place. And a part of me wants to wonder if Dorne is really a holodeck program that Dr. Bashir made for himself on Deep Space Nine. <laughs> but I get it, man. It's 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 Prince Duran, you know, the, the Viper's brother. And, you know, they're, they're having having a toast. Mm-hmm. Having a toast to King Tommen, of all people, who's crying somewhere. <laughs> the first of his name. <laughs> <laughs> the first of his name. They're not even having toast for his ass in King's Landing. Right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. The only person toasting him is, is his cat. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Ilaria Sand, is she's pouring out a little liquor. I guess she's pouring out the liquor for the dead homie for Oberyn Martell. And Tupac. And I, exactly, and <laughs> Pac. And I think right there we figure out, well, I think Prince Duran and Jamie figured out who sent the Viper who sent the threat to Cersei right in that moment. I could tell Prince Duran figured it out. Like, cause what's her name? Marcella said, someone stole my necklace. And, and the way he looked at, uh, the way Prince Duran looked at Alaria saying, he basically said, bitch, I know you sent that shit. I right. told you to stop. <laughs> Remember right. he told her, cause he told her like in episode two, stop. Right. Right. Oberyn made a choice. He made a choice to fight. He, they didn't kill him. Yeah. That wasn't murder. Right, yeah, she need to let that go. Man. She does. She needs to let it go. She's trying to throw the whole fucking country into into war over some shit that he voluntarily did. 
Yeah, I mean, and he had the mountain beat, but he was fucking around. He he started high stepping at the fifty yard line and got caught. Yup, yup, so trying to be pretty. Spikes. Like, say my name, bitch. Say my name. In the end zone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there, and there's some history there with Dorn because Dorn of all the seven kingdoms is the only kingdom that was never conquered by Aegon Targaryen. The only way Dorn came into the seven kingdoms is through marriage. So the Dornish always preferred to keep a political alliance. The only way they came into the seven kingdoms was if we marry into the to the royal family. So they continue on that path. He wants to continue to marry what's his, what's Tristan to Marcella so that Dorne and the the Lannisters and the Baratheons have a have a connection. Right. Cuz right. you can't conquer Dorne. They just they won't be conquered. They'll just They'll abandon all their palaces and hide in caves forever. They're kind of like the Taliban and shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, they they are they they kind of uh, you know they kind of got that look. <laughs> yes, they do. They do, they do got the little Middle Eastern thing going on for them. I mean, the curly curly black hair and the the uh, not quite uh, black kind of brownish kind of skin tone, olive skin tone, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. and. So- and so Prince Duran is following, you know, his heritage. They don't get conquered, but they will marry into the family. And I think they want to keep that marriage together. Even sit Tristan, who's looking like Zorro, on the the high council or whatever, the, the small council, so that they have political influence. Yeah, he made quite a few little demands. And Jamie was like, okay, cool, 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 whatever. It's all good. Yeah. So Dorn is pretty smart about it. Dorn, Dorn doesn't. Dorne doesn't show its hand, and and I like Dorne. I think Dorne needs a spinoff. We should do a uh, Game of Thrones, uh, Dorne, because it seems like it's sunny down there. It seems like they have good sex, good good wine. All the women are hot. Setting. Yeah, and, like they, the and they're like, real freaky. They don't even, yeah, it doesn't feel like the rest of the Seven Kingdoms. Like they need their own spinoff show. Yeah, yeah I, I'm with thing, that. But I, I really haven't seen much from them. It's like you know, no. they they they're still sort of a mystery. Um, yeah. Like what you just said, I didn't even realize about them not being conquered like the rest of them and how they, you know, basically put themselves at the table and stuff. You know what I mean? So um, hopefully we'll get more of that. I mean, maybe we'll get a little bit more information in the finale. But, you know, going into next season, hopefully we get more, you know, about them and how they get down. Well, yeah, Dorn, Dorn has been done poorly, if you ask me, this yeah. year based on, you know, I've read some of the books and Dorn is a lot more interesting than the show has made it. Okay. It's a lot more interesting than the show has made it. Like they've done a really, eh, it's kind of like they could have kept Dorn out of there. Dorn and the iron islands are way more interesting than this show has shown because they're, they're not part of the core. Okay. The the core is the Starks and the Lannisters. A lot more interesting. Yo, the sand snakes are in the dungeon acting like my daughter is in the back of a car on a road trip. It's like mind games and slapping each other. Playing hot hands. And they're going to get the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're just slapping the hell out of each other. Which one of the Sand Snakes is the hottest to you? I don't know. I'd take any of them. <laughs> I actually think the one, that, the, the one that was slapping the hell out of her sister, I think she's the hottest one. Yeah. I don't, Not the one that gave Bron the, the, the poison. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not sure which one the hottest one is. I, like I said, I wouldn't. I wouldn't kick any of them out of bed. But I'm kind of partial to the one who who seems to be you know the most forward because it seems like she might be the most fun. 
So <laughs> she's the most narcissistic. <laughs> That's true. It's like it seems like all you gotta do is tell her she's the most beautiful woman in the world. She'd be down to do anything. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Bron's still down there. Now, what do you think about Sir Bron of the Blackwater? He he's been knighted the, the Sir Bron of the Blackwater. Yeah, well, Bron was he was knighted last season back when uh you know back when uh when I, when Tyrion was uh, the hand when when Tyrion was the hand of the king that's when he first got his knighthood well that yeah. was season 2 that was season 2 he got knighted as a blackwater because he shot the arrow into the blackwater that killed most of Stannis's army right with the wildfire and all that yep yeah that was the blackwater battle and then he definitely wanted a piece of that pie not think why do they keep showing this brother from Dorne in this axe if he's never going to use it? Can the brother use the axe? Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> that's a good question, man. I mean, can the brother just chop some wood or something? Use the something. axe. On, it, looks, it looks big. It looks scary. And he never uses the axe. I mean, he punches yeah. Bron in the face. And Bron shakes it off, talking about he wants some pie and shit. But damn. That, that axe is not for, for people. That axe is for busting up the chiffero. <laughs> call Thanksgiving turkeys or some shit. Exactly, because you know Dorn is pretty much knife. right. Because yeah. Dorn, you know Dorn is pretty much the South, so they they have him it's busting up Shifero. It's more like Arizona. It's more desert though. Yeah, yeah. So what type of crops he working out there? <laughs> Cactuses and shit. <laughs> chopping cactuses. <laughs> now we leave, we leave, we leave Dorn. Well, I can't wait for the miniseries, and we go to Bravos, where a girl is walking down the street talking about oysters, clams, and cuckolds. I don't know what the third word she was saying, but but Bravos is wild. I mean, she's just oysters, clams. She's really getting into her role of selling the clams, and I'm wondering, did did a man know that she was going to be distracted? I feel like he did. I feel like he did too. Yeah, and I thought I thought like when she went back and told him that lie that he knew that she was lying too. Definitely. I heard somebody somebody spit out a theory that they think that he might have been somewhere in the crowd and might have been watching her while she was out there. But whether you know whether Easily or not he was could have been. Yeah, whether or not that's the case, I definitely feel like you know when she came back and told him that lie about the dude not being hungry, then you know he he knew that 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 shit was right, you know, false yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't feel like because he needed when she to lies, spy. She usually hits her. Right, I don't yeah. feel like he needed to spy, but yeah, he didn't hit her because he didn't want her to know that he knows that she's lying right. for whatever reason. Because I guess it's still <laughs> she's still being tested and she haven't exactly yeah. failed yet, but she could she can go either way at this moment. She's at the crossroads. So, right. and I think he wants I, to let her. I think it was a test. Yeah. I think it was a test. Yeah. I think it was a test. And I'm a little mad at Aria that she forgot number four uh, with the oysters. Never get high on your own supply. You can't do that, man. You, you, can't, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. But the King's Landing Party arrives in Bravos. You know, they're there to refinance the, ro- the loan. You know, Captain Crunch of Tyrell and Sir Marin Trant. Sir Marin Trent, I can never remember his name. They show up, <laughs> and uh, it's pretty interesting. I mean, because you know Tyrell, he's basically a one man band. He, he's doing Game of Thrones the musical. <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> he definitely loves to get his little songs out there, man. Yeah, uh, I think I think it's a musical comedy though. 
<laughs> it's definitely a musical no, comedy. It's not, it's not a comedy to him. It's it's pure it's pure magic from his perspective. Yeah, but everybody definitely watching musical. everybody watching sees the comedy. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. A tragic comedy. You know he doesn't he doesn't know his kids are in jail in King's Landing. That was a great move by Cersei to send him over there because Marguerite and Loris, his kids are in jail in King's Landing. He doesn't even know. He's out there singing show tunes in, in Bravos. Right. True that. He doesn't even know. And then Arya selling oysters in a brothel. I mean, I'm I'm got to think yeah, like she... Arya's brothel oysters would be New Jersey's most popular restaurant. That would be like the most popular restaurant in New Jersey. Arya's brothel oysters. Yeah, she she was wilding out, man. Like that 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 kind of annoyed me, but it made sense though because she's still driven by that revenge. And she's still Arya. We don't know how long she's been in her training or whatever, but it just shows you that she still got a long way to go. Yeah. But I thought that she was gonna like pop off and really try to, you know, run up on the run up on the dude or whatever, but she didn't do that. So she's learned some stuff and at least knows how to restrain herself. But she looks stupid walking around with that big ass cart like a, a tray of, <laughs> of you know peanuts or whatever at a at a basketball game or something like that. Like, like you think nobody's gonna notice you walking into a brothel with this shit? Like and then every time they went somewhere, my man caught eye contact with her. You know what I'm saying? Like right. he didn't it didn't seem like he recognized her. But it, well, it was like he recognized her but he didn't know from where. He was like, I seen this you know what? before but I don't know where I seen her from. But, and I was wondering exactly that because remember, they Cersei sent him out on a search party to find Arya. So I couldn't realize, and I think somewhat towards the end of the scene, was he looking at her because, damn, she looks like who I was looking for? Or was he looking at her because his R. Kelly moment was happening? That's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking that he, yeah. he, was, he was digging her because she's young tender. And I mean, I think Arya's kind of been in Assassin's training camp, and so she realizes, hey, let's do it with stealth. So Arya's about to kill one of the stars of Nineteen Kids and Counting, and I think she's gonna she's gonna play the role. She's gonna be his next, you know, conquest. Yeah, she's gonna stab him. She really, uh, I don't, I really don't think she appreciated the fact that he was trying to get, you know, some girl her age, and I now think she really wants to kill him. I just hope. That should she decide to kill him, number one, I hope she's successful. And then number two, I hope that it doesn't derail her training like too bad. Like I hope I hope that doesn't I hope Jaquin or I hope a man doesn't kick her out of the assassin training program. You know? <laughs> I hope it might just set her back a little bit, but I hope a man don't kick her out the program. Yeah, I agree with that. Perhaps a man wasn't hungry. Perhaps that's why a man is thin. I, I got to love him and the, a man stuff. I think I spent a whole day last week talking to everybody like a, a man would like some egg whites. <laughs> yeah, it's like his, he, he's like the uh, Westeros version of Yoda. Yes. A man would like to watch the game. A man. A man. <laughs> so after all that, she goes back to the, you know, the darkened dungeon place and they have a little conversation where Zartan doesn't beat her because he, he kind of knows. I think it was a test, and I'm with you, Dino. I think he knew that guy was going to be there, and he wanted to see what type of discipline she had. Could she follow the mission, or was she going to you know, be on her personal Stark shit? Right. And I think she failed, but we'll see going forward. The next scene is Allegiance or Death. 
I kind of like that line from Doran, Prince Doran, and he made her kiss the ring like Godfather style. Yeah. <laughs> kiss the ring. And she was crying. She was like, you know, he was like, you ever talk to me like that again? I'll, I'll, you know, in front of company, I'll fuck you up. Now she's got to kiss the ring. Yeah. In he, front of everybody. Well, he gave her a lot of slack, way more than I would have, because it was a couple episodes ago when I was like, man, I wonder how much more of this shit he's going to take, because I would have been a slap homegirl in her mouth a long time ago. <laughs> she was acting stupid. She was. She was well, wilding out. made it. He said, like, look, you know, I love my nieces, man, and, and for them, I love you, so, you know, be cool. Yeah, but even his nieces are down in the dungeon, so evidently he don't love them, you know what I'm saying? He don't, uh, even his loved ones, he he believe in discipline them to some extent, you know, they down in the dungeon. So uh, I wouldn't, you know, be letting, you know, my, my, uh, my brother's uh, side piece be popping off at the mouth all in front of everybody like that every five seconds. Uh, she got to be checked. But Dorn is a different place. See, they let bastards, and I mean, you know, that's not even his brother's wife. I know it's a his side piece. His wife is in a castle somewhere, right? Yeah, and you know, <laughs> that's just his favorite. His favorite side piece. That's his. That's his favorite lover. That's the one that you know she grabs. You know, she she moves the pipe right. Yeah, she moves she, the pipe right. She gives head. The the wife don't. So. <laughs> <laughs> we all know how that is. <laughs> no, we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> Us non-married brothers. So, next scene: Jamie is in the room trying to get his Hank gathers on, trying to shoot with his left hand. I mean, trying to write with his left hand. And I felt bad. She even clowned him like, "You write like a little kid, bitch. I'm writing with my left hand. Right, cut my right hand off. <laughs> Let me cut your right hand off. See how you write." <laughs> I thought that was, I wanted Jamie to say something to her. Like, who the fuck are you talking to? Right. I'll slap the shit out of you with this gold hand. This shit is hard right here. (laughs) That gold hand is big as hell. I never, I realized how big that shit was. It looked like they cut that off a statue and just put it in his (laughs) fucking sleeve or something. That shit is huge. I'm telling you, he needs to go to Gargamel. What's Gargamel's name? Here we go. What's his name? Gargamel's name name is Gargamel. (laughs) (laughs) That dude I call Gargamel, the, uh, the the the, the wicked mice the, the the wicked meister that working oh, for Cersei Kyburn 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 Jamie see Leonard wasn't here for this Jamie needs to go to Kyburn and have that nigga make him attachments like one hand could be a one hand to be a hook one hand to have a knife in it one right. hand can be a fist but he just have all these different hand attachments he can just carry them shits around and depending upon what he's about to do he can put the appropriate hand on that nub. And, 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 and you want him to be, you want him to be buying a commando with his hand. Hell yeah! Why not? <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that's a good plan, man. You, you know, you make a, a fist on one joint, right? You got a flat hand on another one, a fork, a knife, yeah, a spoon. Put a put a uh, put a, a sword, a smaller sword in it, then that way he got two. You know, he got two weapons when he's man. Yeah, just give him a Swiss Army knife. Yeah, put a bayonet in that shit. There you go. And then guess what? Guess what? Then he got his right hand back and a weapon. Bet. Bet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He fucked some shit up then. <laughs> but I know Jamie Jamie felt bad because Alaria said, hey, if you live in Dorne, you know, you can fuck your sister all you want down here. We don't really care about, we don't care about anything like that. Yeah, she's trying to. Your sister in Dorne. 
Yeah, she's trying to get him to move down the Dorn and, and, and be all out in the open. I'm like, I was about to ask if she, I was about to ask her, I mean, I thought she was about to ask him if she could, like, have a threesome or something with him and Cersei. <laughs> you know what? She'd probably be down with it. Yeah, she like, would. Your sister down here. We can all, we can all get, get, get it in. Mm-hmm. It's funny that everybody knows that, that Jamie and Cersei are fucking like that. Like, they, they try to keep it a secret. And, you know, he went out there talking about, you know, oh, my niece this and my niece that. But everybody knows, like, come on, nigga, we know that's your daughter, yo. Like, right. you know, like Brian knew it when he was talking about when he first told him about the mission and everything. He was like, you well, know, you, my, my niece and all that. And he was like, son, I know that's your kid, man. You know what that so, is, though, right? It, you see, it used to be a secret up until Ned, Ned Stark. Ned Stark sent ravens throughout the whole Seven Kingdoms and told everybody. So that's why everybody knows now. But it used yep. to be a secret. Nobody knew for, for a long time. And a little a little history moment, a little context. But even before Ned did that, it was suspected all throughout Casterly Rock and the okay. Westerlands because uh, Tywin had to separate them as children because they were a little too close. And he actually sent Cersei to Dorne. And Cersei was supposed to marry Oberyn. But when she went down there, she didn't like Oberyn because she was already fucking Jamie. Right. This happened when they were kids. So it's kind of been known for a while, but Ned basically confirmed it. Yep. Ned kind of confirmed it. So moving forward, the next scene is the father of the year, Stannis with Shireen. <laughs> and I'm saying, wrong <laughs> answer, Shireen. She's like, you know, if a man is... You know, knows who he is. What should he do? And help you, Daddy? But no, no, Shireen. Wrong answer. Wrong answer. Wrong answer. Mm-mm-mm. I felt bad for her because she was so sweet. Like, oh, I'll help you, Daddy. Uh, no. Poor, no. Yeah, I knew she. I knew she was. She was done for. Like we talked about earlier, you felt like it, but you know there could have been a, a chance for him to kind of snap out of it or whatever. But. When she said, yeah, I'm willing to help you do whatever it is, man, I was like, yeah, this nigga about to cook her. I wonder if she would have said, I can't really help you, Dad, would he have still done it? Yeah, he would have. Yeah, I I was listening to another show review it um, earlier today. Nina's show? I I think it was Nina's show, yeah. Uh And she was saying, one one of them was saying, like, it felt like he was going to do it anyway, but he wanted to... I guess, give her the opportunity to volunteer for it so that, you know, maybe in his mind it wasn't so bad. Like, he ain't forced her to do it. She kind of volunteered to do it. You know what I'm saying? So he feels better about it. He feels better yeah, about it. kind of feel better so about a... it. Now, I wasn't surprised because Stannis killed his brother, Renly, too. And when yeah. Robert died, Stannis didn't go to the funeral. Stannis didn't care. He said, when, when he found out Robert died, he said, I never loved Robert. So I wasn't surprised because Stannis always puts his ambition and his career over his family. But it was a very sad scene. I think George R.R. Martin has a real problem with daughters because daughters on this show and in this book, they get it the worst. (laughs) I hope he doesn't have any daughters. (laughs) If he has any daughters, man, they're in the basement somewhere like. Well, I, I choose not to. Up. I choose not to judge the man by what he writes because if 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 what he writes is any indication, even if it's a very small percentage of his personality, he is one seriously dark, twisted motherfucker. <laughs> so I'd rather I know, not hold it against I him. A, I know he's affected by history, and most everything almost he writes in his Song of Ice and Fire has some historical context or 
a parallel. Yeah, they say a lot of it is like the War of the Roses is based on it. Oh, a lot of it is, yeah, yeah. the War of the Roses. The Tudors, too. Yeah, the Tudors, the War of the Roses, all that and stuff he, is mixed in. And even if this stuff ain't, ain't stuff from his... um. His personal life or experience or whatever. It's, Subconscious. He's pulling it from something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. He's pulling it from somewhere. Yeah. Now I want to warn all the brothers out there: your side chick has no love for your wife's kids. All right. Because <laughs> Melisandre is eliminating your wife's legacy, man. Seriously, watch out. Side chicks don't love your your wife's kids. And did they douse her with kerosene because she stopped screaming real fast? Like, seemed like she wasn't screaming that long. Ah, and then she just. So I don't. Stop. I don't think when you being burnt alive, I don't think it takes that long for yeah, you. It doesn't seem like it takes much time for you to <laughs> yeah for you to get to the point where you're either unconscious or just dead, you know, or or you know, yeah. I think one of the, one of the two happened re- relatively quickly. Yeah, it's probably some kind of shock or something that you go into when that shit first touch you, and then yeah, it's a wrap after that. I, I, I yeah, I felt bad. I felt bad for her when she kind of realized and they picked her up and she was trying to run and she was in the air. Like, girl, you, you know, you can't go anywhere. Yeah, because she's seen that really scene know. before, so she knew what it was. Because she's seen it before yeah. when they were back on Dragonstone when they were sacrificing people and she was looking, watching from her little dungeon window. And she saw Mance at Castle Black. And she's smart. Yeah. No, she ain't no dummy. Not at all. Now... A part of me has to applaud this show for burning Shireen because I always thought they needed more black characters, and if that's the only way we can get them, (laughs) 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 but everybody hates on Cersei Lannister. But after this, she is probably the only good parent on the whole damn show. Even though she's a pain in the ass, she loves her kids. Cersei would never burn her kids up. Yeah, I I hate Cersei, but. I will give her credit for being a good mother. And that that was the thing that made me mad about seeing this happen to Shireen, even though they didn't really show it. Um, just the fact that he did it, because up until that point, like, it didn't seem like something that he would do. You know what I mean? Like, he seemed like a good father. And even though he did a lot of fucked up things to other people, including his own brother, like you mentioned earlier, it seemed like he really did love that little girl and, you know, was gonna do whatever it took you know in order to protect her but you know everything with with melisandre and and all of the stuff that she was you know telling them and i guess he believed in her because you know the people that she said were gonna die when she drew blood from the other cat you know um a season or two ago all them are dead and everything so i I guess he had some kind of footing to 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 rest on and be like well you know she's been right about everything else to this point but I, it was still it was still crazy to to see him actually take that step. Yeah, and, and not say. And then well, you know her mom. Her mom never really seemed to like her at all. Right. So it was strange to me to see her be the one to break down and start crying and want to save the little girl. I ain't really buy that shit. Even though I can understand, you know, if you take a step back, like all the shit that she was into before, whatever. She just was like, you know, it shit finally snapped out what? of her, but. That's what a mom does. A mom, you know, the maternal, she's like, look, that's my baby. You know, yeah. <laughs> I got she snapped out of it. But Stannis has always been, even Renly said in season one, no one's going to follow Stannis because he inspires no love. He he has no passion. He, he's, he's rude. He's crude. You know, and he's kind of a religious zealot now where he believes mm-hmm. everything this girl says. And you know how religious zealots are, right, Dino? Yep. Right. Yep. <laughs> you know, they just, I'm going to get 47 virgins if I blow myself up. So Stannis is kind of in that zone right now. 
Yeah, he definitely know. is. Yeah, I'm just I'm sure I'm shocked at the people. I mean, I understand some people still. If you still want to ride with Stannis and you think he's the the best choice for, I mean, I really don't. But I I, I get that. I can accept that. And I can even accept the fact that you stay. You know, he's a a good king or a great leader. But to to sit there and say that and still try to hold up the fact that you believe he's still a good father, that's some bullshit right there. Like, I'm sorry, well, I can't. I can't condone like I everybody knows that I've been ever since that that um on the show when when he gave that speech a couple of uh, episodes ago and everybody was you know team Stannis and drinking all his Kool Aid I wouldn't mind the shit then and I was I told her I told y'all that that he was that he wasn't shit and I and I knew which it. I will give you props for because you trusted his character over that moment he had a mo- he had a moment of emotional weakness and he snapped back into pure asshole mode he was like well fuck this I can't be nice to this nice to family members what's wrong with me right burn this bitch <laughs> and then you know people were still like well oh what choice did he have and he went for the greater good greater good what how burning your daughter is the greater good the lesser of two evil, well, all this man, and as you know, as a father of a daughter, like man, it's nothing. I, I no, it, it ain't no way. It's very hard for people. It's very hard for people with children to to understand it. I mean, Tywin said something after the red wedding. Was like, is it more moral? Is it less moral to kill a thousand people on a battlefield or kill a dinner party at a wedding? Which choice? Which is more vicious? And I think the show always shows that everybody is an asshole and everybody is good. And Stannis <laughs> has always pretty much been an asshole. He just had a moment of goodness when he was talking to his daughter that one time, but it's not, he's not a good guy. I will give Stannis credit for this. If I had a military or an army, he would be the leader of the army. Yeah. I think he follows the rules. He's, there's no bullshit, zero tolerance. He could run your army. But you know he can't come over for dinner, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a good position. <laughs> he's not. Yeah, yeah, like, like yeah. He's he's a great drill sergeant. Now my next question is: Is Tommen still locked up in the tower listening to Drake songs? I mean, where is he at? <laughs> yeah, he, he's he's definitely sitting up in his room like Brandy, mm-hmm. just up there, <laughs> feelings, looking out the window crying. and shit. Yeah, yeah he's man. I kind of feel bad for that kid, man, because, you know, he, he came up in a fucked up situation. And even though his mom is a good, like we talked about, a good parent in general, she's done him, him a disservice by the way that she's kind of, you know, kind of manipulated emasculated him and manipulated him. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, and, and, and yeah. you know, is acting as the the king of the queen herself right and now he doesn't have any power and he doesn't really have the ability to really put his foot down and do what he wants and nobody respects him either yeah it's like right they're like man shut up tommy now the <laughs> exactly. next scene, i thought this was a, was attack of the clones it, was this genesis or is this john carpenter oh no we're we're at the fighting pits finally finally at the fighting pits and this was pretty impressive for game of thrones like that was a big huge set and it it looked like I mean, the CGI for all the people in the fighting pits looked really good to me. I will give that props. I was like, oh, that's pretty impressive. It looked like thousands of people in there. Yeah, that was impressive, but the fight choreography sucked. I really was looking for something more on the level of Spartacus, and we never have gotten that. And I was hoping that I was hoping that we no would. No Crixus for you. No. No Crixus for no you. No Crixus. You're not going to get any of that. Yeah. <laughs> no Crixus at all. And what the hell is Lion-O doing? He's arriving late. You know, Lion-O. I was looking for Panther, you know, Khaleesi married Lion-O, and I thought him coming late was a little shady. 
Yeah, it did seem like it. And then, like, when they asked him about it, he, he just gave some little, you know, blow-off type of answer or whatever. Like, I'm just trying to make sure everything was straight or, or whatever. Yeah. So I was like, well, what is this nigga talking about? I don't think he appreciated Khaleesi, like, all up all up on him like that. Where you been? Like, bitch, you, I ain't married you yet. You ain't my wife. We ain't fucking. You fucking well, Dario. Why you all up on me like that? They, were they married? No, they're not they married yet. Say where they married him. They're not? No, no, they're not married. They, they're not I thought like, they got married, but it was just for show and that she was sleeping with Dario every night. But you No, know, no, no, no. They haven't gotten married is. yet. They were still just in, they're still engaged. Engaged. Oh, okay. They haven't actually gotten married. That's true though. That makes but sense. But Leonard, you're right. You would think, go ahead. Leonard, you're right. They are only getting married for show. They're not right. getting married for love. They're getting married for politics. Yeah. Well, yeah, we all know that. Yeah, but I, I, I wasn't sure if they had already done it because in the book, they're already married at this point. When this whole stuff happens, they're married. So okay. I was kind of wondering if the if because the show and the books are changing a little bit. So maybe they weren't married. No. But I want to give a nomination out for the fewest lines in the season. <laughs> Misandry of Marine. I don't think she said she four words. Nothing. Has she said more than five or four words? You know what? Missandy is eye candy. She's not there for her vocabulary. She's just there to look good. Standing next it's to like Khaleesi. She, if she's not if if Grey Worm ain't around, she's not really talking that much. Right. Yeah, that's true. And Grey Worm is who knows where. He's still now, trying to heal. Yeah, still a, oh, somewhere laid up. Yeah, he yeah, laid up, still trying to heal. Up a few episodes ago. Yeah. Now, they had the little small man, big man conversation, which was more distracting than that moaning single fat chick that sits behind me at every single Morris Chestnut movie. Oh, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> the big man's going to win. I think the small man's going to win. That conversation, like, I, that kind of drove me crazy. What did you think about that? I thought it was funny because, uh, you know, the uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, what, I can't. What, what's her, What's her intendant's name? Her fiance? Dario? No, not Dario. Lionel. Lionel. Yeah. The, about the thunder. Yeah, about the thunder yeah. yeah. Was it his dar? Yeah, yeah his dar. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, that uh, thundercat. He ended up being right, so I thought that was funny because he gave this little look to Dario, like, yeah, ha ha ha, you know, because Dario was going out of his way to humiliate him. Right. You know, he was playing, well, Dario was he, playing the, the, the jealous side piece. Yeah, he really was. Yeah, he was. He was He was being like, he acted like he was like 13 in junior high school. <laughs> but I think. Yeah, it was I a think, pissing contest uh, for his, sure. Yeah. His deck, his deck was less invested. I mean, he's, he's, you know, Dario's thinking about himself. Yeah. Whereas his, his Dar is just saying, I've sat and watched these a few times. So, you know, so he basically was making a more rational choice, whereas Dario was in was in trying trying to impress his chick. Well, plus Dario's the small he's the small dude in the out of the two. So he identifies with that, you know, so. But I want to give a shout out to Dario for putting the knife up to his throat, because sometimes you have to check your side chick's husband in public every (laughs) once in a while. Sometimes sometimes I have to do. Hey, 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 nigga, I'm hitting the bottom. You pay the bills, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> and Khaleesi even stunted on him a little bit, too, because she was married to Khal Drago. And she was like, if you ain't never killed a man, then, then shut the fuck up. Because, you know, I was married to, to Khal Drago, and he, he pulled people fucking throats out and shit in front of me. So I, I know. She was like, have you ever killed a man? Then shut the hell up. He was, she was like, she was like, nigga, even Tyrion didn't kill motherfuckers. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They like they that was they when when he was saying that shit when he asked him that question, she did she did get a nice little smile on her face like, mm-hmm. what you got, bitch? Right, right. Because cause we know she, women she probably, hey, women are the same whether in Westeros or on the West Side is always the same. They want the thug. They want the thug nigga. That's what they like. That's what they want. Especially when they're young, like Khaleesi, they want a thug nigga, and that's Dario. Dario's the thug nigga, and 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 his dar is the nice dude from the right side of the tracks with all the money, you know. But he he ain't dangerous. He 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 ain't gonna on he ain't a gonna cellular hit level, <laughs> on a subconscious cellular level. There's no woman that's not attracted to what they personify as strength and masculinity. Even if they say they want a nice guy, they still, there's a, something about a motherfucker that's going to fuck somebody up when they break in the house that makes them wet. That's right. She went from Carl Drago to, mm-hmm. to Dario. You know what I'm saying? And uh, <laughs> this dude is like nowhere near close. D- Tyrion's more thug than, than uh, his dar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. If you ever want to see a woman totally disrespect you and not give a fuck about you, let her see you get beat up or punked. She just will. She never has any more respect for you. Yeah. Like, I just can't. Yeah. I just can't. And that's what happened. Now, Tyrion, of course, always has the best lines of every show and his little dialogue with 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 his dar or Bob Marley or whatever his name is. <laughs> what great thing has ever been accomplished without killing or cruelty? And I love how Tyrion says, my dad would have loved you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was great. Like, you know, and there's there's validity on both sides. Like, you know, Tyrion says, I've seen enough killing, but, you know, there are most things that have happened in history are, you know, catalysts through violence. So it was a pretty interesting conversation. Now, your boy Jorah, he's still trying to get out of the friend zone. I think it'd be easier to get out of the phantom zone on Superman than trying to get out of this friend zone. He's out there fighting for his life and looking at Daenerys like, oh, do you see me? I'm doing this for you. And she's trying to avoid his eyes. Yeah, because they're so pathetic. That's why. She can't stand looking at him because they're so pathetic. (laughs) He looked like some big-ass basset hound with big puppy dog eyes, like just all weepy-eyed all the time. I mean, he was—he's man. He just turned into such a you know, especially since now that he's got grayscale, and it's like I don't know because now he can't even hit it if he wanted to. Even if she would let him, he can't hit it now. Little context: <laughs> uh, Valerians and Targaryens are immune to most illnesses that affect everybody else in Westeros, except wow. for madness from fucking their cousins, and they've always <laughs> been that way. <laughs> okay. okay. So, is that, so he um, may have some hope. I've heard people say, and I guess we saw it, like that she is immune to the fire. So is that you know because she's a Targaryen that she she would be able to resist fire like that? I, I think yeah, some of that is Targaryen. Some of that is Targaryen, right. but the Valerians, like all the like plagues that have hit Westeros, they never affect them. Okay. Targaryen blood is like is like having like really really good drugs in your system. Really good drugs. And did you notice that they were booing uh, Jorah when they said he's from Westeros? Right, yeah. It's because they yeah. want they want they wanted a homeboy. They wanted like, a homeboy to win. Yeah. Exactly. They, they're like, America, stop invading here. We don't want y'all here. Right. Get out. Right. Get out. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Jorah, I, I thought it was cheesy, too, Dino. Jorah wins the fight. You know, Jorah right. wins. 
opens the fight with a little move, a little rollover move, stab to the stomach. And I'm thinking, like, is this the guy that taught uh, Oberyn how to fight with the spear? Because <laughs> the fight was over. He could have just stabbed him. Yeah. He let him get up. Yeah. So is this the guy? Mm-hmm. And then the next scene, after he kills him, he grabs his spear and he, he throws it towards Daenerys. And I love this scene because Daenerys gives Jorah the look my girl gives when I try to bust off in her new hairstyle. She's <laughs> like, no, no, no. <laughs> and he threw the spear at the, the harpy dude. Yeah. And I'm looking like, where the hell did they put these harpy masks under the seats like they do at a sporting event? They, Is that yeah, where they, they put these to. masks? Or they they got <laughs> they so much to. they got so much clothes. They probably had them just you know inside their little wraps, whatever those you know their little their little togas or whatever they're wearing. They probably had them inside there. Yeah. And I the music was great. I, the music when they all popped up in those masks, the little music went. Dah, 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 the music. Yeah, was that great. shit was pretty slick. <laughs> was kind, of like, kind of spooky. I definitely say the music was was great. But the Unsullied Event Security Company, they must be in contract negotiations because they did not check anybody <laughs> when they came in. They didn't check any pockets. They didn't, they didn't check anybody. They must be on strike or something like that. I was, I was mad at them, man. I was mad at the Unsullied, man. You got to do a better job. So yeah. everybody is, is fighting and killing. And I'm wondering, because Jorah, didn't Jorah grab Daenerys' hand in that scene when yep. all the hell broke out? Yeah. Didn't he? he did. So if... So if he infects her and they get together, will it become Castle Grayscale? <laughs> <laughs> I think, I will mean, I don't know, Castle? but it seems like I think you have to touch the infected area. And he had that covered up, so she should be straight. And everybody that he was touching should be straight unless they come in contact with that area. You know what I mean? That uh, His uh, wrist that, that he got it yeah. on. Oh, okay. I'm but in, that was a funny I'm in total agreement. <laughs> Castle Grayscale, yeah. that's pretty Thank good. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I stayed up. I stayed up all night for that one for Dino. No doubt, no doubt. <laughs> and there's no way out. I mean, you know, there's no way out. I, I thought I was going to get a little lesbian love scene when Khaleesi grabs Missandry's hand, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I've been waiting for this." Y'all go ahead and go ahead and do a little something. <laughs> but it didn't happen, and it let me down. And of course, Daenerys closes her eyes and. And does she pray? She summons. She, she summons. Realized, she summoned Dragon. I, it looked like she, she realized. Was kind of, no, I think she yeah, was calling. I think when she she was calling Dragon. I think she was praying. No, I think she was praying. Yeah. And when she went into her prayer, she realized, kind of like the Starks realized, "Fuck, I can see or feel these animals." And once she did that, she went in distress. I think she basically did summon Dragon. Yeah, it felt to me like, and I think they said on the after show that it felt like she was kind of resigning herself to the fact that it was about to be over, and she was kind of just like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna just stand here and, and let whatever happen happen." Because she she looked surprised when she heard him. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's why I think she oh, was yeah. kind of just like praying or whatever instead of summoning him. I think she was surprised that, that he came, but relieved, like, "Oh shit, yeah, I forgot about these niggas." So you know, she was happy to see him. <laughs> oh shit! Everybody was happy to see him, and and I was I thought he was just gonna stay up in the air and burn every damn body. Yeah, three in the middle. That's what I thought too. Yeah, his approach was all wrong. You can tell he's an amateur. 
Yeah, yeah. well, he's still young. He's he's, right. he's still a teenager, right? right. He don't have he don't have any right. He don't have any battle experience. So that right. was that was a very amateurish move. He should have stayed in the air and just lit everybody up. Yeah, I guess he because he's ugly. He's gonna scare everybody. Or maybe he thought his brothers were coming. His brothers, man, they they don't get no action this year. No. Yeah, I think they're still locked up in the basement. They are. Yeah, they, 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 she got to let them out. Now that she knows she's a dragon rider, because each dragon has a rider, she knows that Dragon is hers. So the other two got to find their riders. She needs to let them out so they can all find their riders. But I thought it was kind of messed up that Daenerys became Rose from Titanic. I mean, she could have fit those other three people on the lifeboat. She got on the dragon and flew off herself. I know. She like, fuck away. all of y'all. She left Miss Sandy and everybody. <laughs> yep. And if I was Miss Sandy, I'd say, bitch, you was holding my hand. Then you let go and flew. Don't fuck with me no more. I'm, you, I'm good. You know? But I thought the ending was a little cheesy. I thought the dragons were a little cheesy. And I thought her flying off like the never-ending story was a little cheesy, too. I was looking for the rock biter. I was like, where the fuck is the rock biter? I didn't think it was cheesy, but I did think it was a little bit cold. I was like, you could have just kind of made sure that everybody got out safe and went burned a few few more of the uh, the harpies up just to make sure that they you know had everything under control and, and got out safely before you flew off into the sunset. <laughs> yeah, the special well, effects on that part look kind of kind of off. Cheesy, yeah. That's what I was like. Because yeah. like, everything and before that was fine, got... but yeah, everything before that was fine. But it seemed like that part was was a little little off or whatever. But you know, it still it still was exciting enough for everybody to to get hype. I know when I saw it, I was like, "Yo, this is dope." So yeah, you know, it worked. Good. So that's basically the end. So. That was the episode, episode nine. It was called Dance with Dragons, and now we'll go to Dino Red for his kill of the night. What's your kill of the night, man? Okay, uh, my kill of the night goes to my man Tyrion when he saved Miss Sandy's life. Uh-huh. Yeah, when that, that harpy was just about to, about to do her in, and Tyrion came up from behind him and just like, Ugh, right in his gut. Yeah, that was nice, Tyrion. Good boy. he loves Tyrion we were having an argument about Tyrion never never whooping nobody before so I knew I knew when I saw it I said that is going to be your kill of the week that's right I knew it I absolutely knew it I was waiting for it and that wasn't only my kill of the week and that wasn't even the only dude he killed though either uh, he, he he racking them up. He was racking them up. Yeah, he killed a couple people in this episode. <laughs> Shoot. My kill of the week is going to be for his deck, uh, Bob Marley. I like the way he got stabbed out. He was trying to look cute <laughs> his little yellow goddamn dress. And I like that he got killed in his little yellow skirt. Uh, he was kind of standing there. He should have he got low, man. He out there, you know, flitting around like a, like a pretty girl. Run, get a knife, do something. <laughs> I'm glad he's out of there, man. I I ain't like him, man. I never liked him. He always bothered me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What about he got a, like a dirt bag, sleazy type vibe about him? What about you, Leonard? What's your kill of the week, man? Uh, mine is um in the fighting pits when the dude got his head chopped off. Oh yeah, the the, uh, the little dude by the big dude. The little dude, yeah, the guys that they were talking about. Yeah, when, when the big man <laughs> chopped his head off. Yeah, that was yeah. nice. <laughs> it was clean. It was. Yeah. It was. He he cut his neck hard as shit. Like I wasn't expecting that. I remember I I kind of yelled out loud when I saw that. I was like, shit! Like he really got my man. So 
that was definitely the one for me. I like how he kind of stood there for a couple of seconds and then fell yeah, right. <laughs> with no head. He was just standing there with no head, and then all of a sudden he collapsed. Like, oh shit! It was like um, there was a a joint in um three hundred like that, the the original three hundred movie or whatever. It yeah, was somebody got their head chopped off and, and their body stood up for a few seconds before it dropped. So it reminded me of that. Yeah. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, at the end of three hundred, when the when the guy's father got his head cut off, and he was yeah, still exactly. standing, like holding his yep. spear. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Your quote of the night, Dino Red. My quote of the night. Let's see if I can remember how it goes. And is um, guess who it belongs to? My man Tyrion. <laughs> <laughs> nope, it belongs to Tyrion when he says, uh, "He says in my experience." Uh, he tells homeboys like that. Oh, you, you're an eloquent man, but that doesn't mean that you're wrong. It's like, uh, in my experience, elo- eloquent men, uh, el- eloquent men are uh, as right as imbeciles. <laughs> yeah. So actually, that whole little exchange right there was my was my favorite. Oh, that was a great. Yeah, that was a great exchange. It was. And I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with a man. He said, a man. A thin man wasn't hungry. Perhaps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You went with the with the cut with the joke. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like I, I could, I could. That that was it. That was that was the quote of the night for me. And Leonard, mine is um when Davos was talking to Shireen, and they, he was giving her the uh, the gift, and he told her, um, you know, thank you for teaching me how to be a grown up. Oh and, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Like that. I don't have kids yet, but I, I feel like anybody that has kids can probably relate to that on some type of level. So. Yeah, yeah, that, that was that was pretty touching. That was that was yeah. some sweet stuff right there, yeah. for sure, for sure. All right, and what do we expect going forward since that wraps up episode nine, episode ten? Do we expect Danny to come back, or what? What do we expect? Man, that's a good question. That's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I hope she comes back, man. You know what I'm saying? I think we're gonna yeah. see. I think we're gonna see Cersei in, in episode ten. We are because we haven't yeah, seen short in the preview. We haven't seen King's Landing in several weeks, so I know we're going back to King's Landing for episode ten. That's the one thing I'm sure of. Yeah, so. She was in the preview. Got to wrap from, up Cersei episode two. So okay, yeah, we'll see her. Yeah. Um. I don't really know what else to expect, man. You you know, I saw the, the preview for next week, but you still don't really know the context of things and right. all of that. So, you know, well, I know we'll see Cersei and, you know, we'll see um, Sansa again because they showed her and, and um, Brienne oh, and, yeah. and Pot. They'll be up. They'll be up there, too. So, you know, we'll see all those people. So I'm just looking forward to seeing that. What I do want to know, though, is what happens with Arya. Like, you know, what, what happens with, um, you know, if she completes her assignment or she tries to go after uh, Marin Tran or, you know, what happens with that whole thing. So that's, that's the one thing I'm looking forward to. Right. And I, I'm expecting, uh, since, you know, since, since we had the, uh, the, 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 the grayscale cookout, I'm expecting, <laughs> I, I, I'm expecting for, uh, Stannis's luck to change. I'm expecting like, like some fucking miracle like i'm expecting food to come falling out the sky and like <laughs> for like the, the like stupid. It, it should be like a fucking heat wave it should be like like 106 degrees like it's so hot the niggas walking around in they draws like you yeah. know just the, you the, see some kind of payoff oh yeah payoff the, i mean the, yeah yeah the ice should just melt and just it just be like just hot as fuck like 
Yeah. It, it should be like equator weather or some shit. It should just be like, yeah. Some, like I said, just um, just miracle after miracle. Weapons should just show well, up. Whenever they do the king's blood, something happens magical. Right. Something. So I'm exactly. So, so I'm expecting some big should magic. Be something. Some big magic. Should be something. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, I'm 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 Lord Latone of Sable Stone. You can find me at Latone Heart everywhere. Pinterest, Facebook, Black Planet, AOL. I'm everywhere at Latone Heart. Just look for me. Leonard, where can they find you? Once again, uh, lbrothersmedia.com at lbrothersmedia at look listen underscore at look listen pod on Twitter, and um, that's it, man. All right, and uh, Dino Red can be found if you're looking for me on Twitter. You can hit me at uh, Thrones Pod or uh, The Shiznit Show. And on Facebook under Red Rock Podcast Network under uh, The Shiznit Show or uh, Dino Red. And that's about it. So uh, we will hit you guys with the finale. Uh, yeah, for the finale next week to be the last. The last for the finale. The last one. Oh yeah, look and listen podcast. It's on iTunes, Stitcher, Podomatic, and uh, TuneIn Radio. I forgot to mention that too. Yeah, that's right. All right, so uh, we're out. Enough, Savardis. Finish him. You're listening to the Red Rock Podcast Network.